Hey, welcome back to the Wed Talk podcast, your wedding podcast for laid back lovers. Great to have you joining us again today. If you're new to the show, I'm Riley, your host, and we're so happy to have you join us. If you're a repeat listener, we can't thank you enough for tuning in week in and week out. Before we get into today's episode, there's just a few things that I want to let you all listening know to make your wedding planning so much easier. We've created a few free downloads for you, uh, and the first one of that being our cost calculator spreadsheet. Uh, With this, you can add up all your expenses within real time, overall money spend updates, actual costs, budgeting costs, and other features that you'll like. Secondly is our wedding planner. In this, you can plan your wedding from start to finish with ease. This includes some things like our cost calculator. You can mock up your guest lists. You can send out and keep track of your RSVPs, seating plan layouts, gifts, and thank you cards, and so much more. The third thing that we offer is our free invite kit template, uh, which we created in Canva. Uh, These templates are fully customizable designs, a variety of different designs as well, um, and you can also get a kit that matches your design, which has thank you cards, um, table seating, uh, charts, anything to do with your stationery for the day. It all comes in one compact design and then you can easily go and get it printed at your printer of choice or you can ask us and we'll be able to recommend someone for you. So I hope these freebies make your life just that little bit easier and now let's get into today's episode. Welcome everyone and... Oh, fuck, I've already stuffed it up. Oh. oh my god! Are you going to make uh, this podcast or what? Oh uh, no! See, hence why, hence why. Maybe we'll just kick it off like. Maybe we'll just kick it off like this. I tried the intro and I stuffed it up, um, and I don't like everything to be too straightforward and, and uh, formal. So today we have Kayla Jane from Kayla Jane Photography, uh, photographer based out in sunny Queensland. Used to shoot down here. Made the move. Um, we linked up. Probably about 12 months ago when uh, you stood in our DMs asking to come and second shoot and now the roles are reversed and I stood into your DMs asking about some more work and stuff as well. So it's cool how time changes, um, but welcome welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Hopefully uh, hopefully the whole the whole episode goes a little bit smoother than that intro because that's just <laughs> in my life. But. No, I hope it doesn't go that smooth because it's just, you know, it's relatable. You want the chaos? All right, well, chaos I can give you. So um, basically, to start off, if you would like to introduce yourself, give uh, everyone listening who might not know who you are, might not follow you, anything like that, um, the basic rundown, and then, yeah, we'll get stuck into it. Yeah, cool. So Taylor Jane, as Riley said, uh, I have been a photographer not for long, actually. It's probably only been two years um, so I first started, uh, when I was with my last partner, we were traveling a lot together. So I just found myself like always taking photos and like at the time that's when like reels were sort of getting big. So I was making reels of like our little road trips together. And then we started planning a trip around Australia and we didn't really want work to be a reason why we had to come home early. So we both agreed that we were going to work along the way and I was just happy to do anything like work in a bar, work in a cafe. But then there was a lot of rural spots that we wanted to stop in. So I was like, oh, that's going to be hard. I'm not going to want to drive an hour to go to work and come back. So I was like, why don't I try photography? So it started off just being families. I did like a lot of Airbnbs considering we were traveling a lot. I just thought, well, that's Mm -hmm. smart because I'm traveling myself so I can cover as many as possible. 
Um, and weddings terrified me. There was no way in hell I ever thought I would end up doing weddings. And it just took for the first person to ask me to do their wedding. And I was just completely honest. I was like, I'm scared, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I did their wedding and I absolutely loved it. I think just because it was more, I was scared because it's a lot of pressure, of course, but like it's the best day ever. And it's so much fun. And I think once I sort of changed my mindset about, taking away the pressure and just enjoying the day, I was like, I think I've found my thing. So when I started doing weddings, I kept doing the other stuff, but now I'm predominantly weddings. Yeah, it's crazy how how things things change and things can progress so quickly. Like I don't think anyone that starts off doing a wedding really is comfortable the first time they do it. Hence why they second shoot, like what you came and did with us, or you shoot for free or you shoot for friends or, or family. Um, you know, whatever maybe maybe coming up, you just take that opportunity at least. Like as long as the couple really knows that, that you're starting oh, out and yeah. uh, be completely transparent, then um, everything should be good. And and now look at you now, like two years in, you accomplished quite a fair bit um, in that time, which we'll get into over the episode. Um, but before we get into all that, how have you spent? Um, I guess the off season um, has probably been a different one to last now that you're up in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Um, so give us a bit of a run through of what you get up to day to day when you're not shooting weddings, um, mm-hmm. what you're interested in and, and, and where your time is spent. Yeah, so I, well, I only moved up here in March. So I was sort of moving up, entering the quiet season and unaware of that also. I sort of thought moving up to Queensland, it was just going to be busy season all year round because the weather's amazing. So once I started meeting people, planners, venues and stuff, I was like, so obviously you guys be busy all year round. They're like, no, it's quiet. And I'm like looking outside like, why? Mm. (laughs) Like it's the best weather ever. But, yeah, it must just be like an across the country thing that it's just quiet season. So I just embrace it and I spent that time just really networking so again like I did to you (laughs) I slid into all the dms um just planners venues um florists just any wedding vendor I could find I just said let's catch up for a coffee um and I offered all of them just to do content for them so I wanted like some behind the scenes stuff of them like setting up at a wedding that sort of thing I just I pretty much when I got here worked for free for like two to three months so i had to go get myself a little side gig i was at a um surf club for a bit serving pots to the locals that's all right we do a network hey uh it was especially for the bloke if the business owner or whatever is a bloke i'll give you a free beer come down and we'll we'll (laughs) yeah only the demographic there was a little bit older so i more had people asking if i did divorce photography (laughs) <laughs> divorce photography right i was like no but that's a good idea <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know how that works honestly that, that sounds like it just sounds like you put yourself in a sticky situation if that's what you did yeah. surely none of that could go well no 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 i absolutely would not be signing up for that no thank you i'm all about the happy moments not the yeah, sad ones. 100%. um but yeah then so I also just had to embrace the fact that I'm now living here. I've, I've been in Melbourne my whole life and yeah. I have always, 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 everyone that knows me knows I've always wanted to live up here. 
So I just tried to establish myself my my little routine, which we discussed before. I now get Mm. up at 5 a.m. every morning. I go to the gym. I go for a massive walk along the boardwalk. I live right. I'm very lucky. I live right on the beach. So I can walk out my door and I'm pretty much on the beach. So I make sure I go for a walk every morning. So I stay grateful for that. Yeah. Um, and I've made it a beautiful group of friends and one of them every single morning, it's like a non-negotiable. We go for an ocean swim. doesn't matter if it's choppy, if it's cold, not that it's ever cold, but <laughs> it that, is uh, that, cold water exposure, dopamine kick, get you, get you going first thing in the morning. Yeah, it's the best. And like coming from Melbourne then up here because, you know, it's light so early, all that starts so early, I get back to start my day and it's only 7 eight o'clock in the morning. So I've, yeah, I'm pretty happy with my new routine. So when I have my days off, they're pretty cruisy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can imagine like we were, when we were talking just before we jumped on, like I, I struggle to get about eight o'clock most days. I mean, it probably doesn't help me on a bit, on a bit late, but <laughs> um, just so I envy those people that have that 5am wake up and, you know, people that like read or walk or go to the gym or stretch or like get all their, all their, the shit that they don't want to do out of the way done early and then they can enjoy the rest of the day. Like, yeah, like I was saying to you off there, maybe when it gets a little bit warmer uh, and it's a bit brighter earlier, then, then I can, I don't know, I can ease my way into it and then break mm. through into it. Yeah, it's definitely a lot easier to establish that routine up here. I, yeah. I, I'm i definitely a morning person. I was even a morning person in Melbourne. But when you wake up and it's minus five degrees and it's raining, oh, there's no way I'm going for a walk. No. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's that's something to keep in mind. Um, so, with your spending the time networking with vendors, did you mm-hmm. find that being new to the area that they were really, um, I guess, happy to take their time out and go and meet you? Because, like, I'm not sure if it's just different from from down here to up there. But I know a lot of wedding vendors and stuff down here. They're very much like they have their people, and you. It's got to be the trust of constant shooting you know, multiple weddings there and getting to know everyone that works at the venue and stuff before they will kind of look at you or take you seriously or or promote you to their, their current mm. couple. So mm. how did you find that aspect up there as opposed to like how I mentioned it being down here? Yeah, like it, it's very similar, of course. And now that I've worked with a few people in the industry, I've got my favourites that I like yeah. to work with. But I always try to put myself back in my old position and be like, you know, give everyone a chance. You might find yeah. another florist that you love even more than the one you can. Yeah. So I had to go into that with a very positive and open mind and not just assume that everyone's going to shut me down yeah. um, because I did make a very good network of people. And funny story, I so because I'm in the Gold Coast, I yeah. obviously am servicing this area, but I do want to travel down to Byron Bay and up to Sunshine Coast for weddings. I'm more than happy to travel. Um, So I just sort of was talking to a few planners and stuff and explaining that to them, like, I really want to get some work down there. Like, do you know anyone I can chat to? And uh, every single one of them said to me, you will not get into Byron. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean get into Byron? Like it's this cult. It's it's exclusive members only. Yeah, and so I had no idea how the whole system with Byron Bay Weddings worked. Completely clueless. So once again, I slid into the DMs of Mm -hmm. one of the venues, which was Fig Tree. Uh, Fig Tree is like the most beautiful wedding venue down there. 
Um, so yeah, I ended up taking myself down. It was like, it was closed. It, I think it was after Easter weekend. And she said to me, just it, no one's going to be there. So you can just walk yourself around. You can take some photos, do whatever. And then she mentioned in one of the messages, she's like, Shay might be there. Um, but so if you see someone floating around, that's who that is, but no mention of who Shay was. Right. <laughs> so I, yeah, no, whatsoever. So I've gone down there like dressed like this, like I'm not, I'm, I, I don't dress formally anyway, but I was not dressed for like a meeting. Yeah. So I took myself down there and I'm wandering around for half an hour and I see that the doors of the venue are wide open, but I know that it's closed. So I'm a little bit yeah. like, is that trespassing? If I go? <laughs> <laughs> so I was just, you know, as I am every time, I'm just like, you know what? You're going to regret it if you don't. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So I walk in there and Shay is standing at the bar, laptop out, dressed nicely, and I'm like, hello, uh, were you expecting me? <laughs> He's like, yeah, Taylor, weren't you meant to be here at 11? I was like, well, I was, but I was wandering around your garden <laughs> for the oh. last half an hour taking photos, and he was so chilled, like just was not phased whatsoever. Oh, right, okay, good. So it was a good reception. Um, yeah, yeah, he was fine. I think he just took one look at me and just saw that I was just, you know, I was just having the time of my life, yeah, wandering his venue. Um, so he ended up spending about two hours with me, but I brought it up with him. I said, look, I came down here because I've just moved and I really want to get into the Byron Bay wedding industry and I wanted to maybe ask you why you think a few people have mentioned to me I might struggle to do that. And he goes, well, that's probably my fault. And I was like... What do you mean? <laughs> and he goes, Well, I own Byron Bay Weddings. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, like, at least you right to the head. I was like, Hang on. So, oh, Byron right. Bay Weddings is like a, it's like a thing. <laughs> oh, oh. So, it's not like a, it's not like weddings in Byron Bay is like weddings in the Yarra Valley and there's, there's an assortment of venues. It's like, He's he's the king and he gets, the king. he gets to say the lay of the land. Right. Okay. He's king of the Byron Bay Castle. Oh, <laughs> well, at least we went straight there and like obviously with without context of that's who it was and just asked yeah. like straight out. So mm. I'm gonna take a stab in the dark and say it was a good conversation and good came of it. Yeah, definitely. So long story short, after I sort of realized how big yeah. of a deal this guy was. I still like I'm I'm just that sort of person. I'm always going to treat someone as an equal. Like I didn't sort yeah. of change my personality whatsoever. Like I just went with it. Mm-hmm. Um and when I was leaving, he said to me, "So what did you want to get out of today?" And I said, "Nothing. I didn't even expect to meet you. I just wanted yeah. to come in, see the venue and show myself around and get familiar and I left it at that cuz I just in the back of my mind I thought, imagine how many people come here and say yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, there's like a list of suppliers. So if you book a wedding at one of these venues, you yeah. have a list of suppliers to choose from. And that's it. Oh, very exclusive. Very exclusive. Oh. And for good reason, because there's sort of like Byron Bay can be, the community can be a little bit sensitive. Yeah. So I think like some photographers were maybe taking couples to like private properties and then stuff oh, like that, right. down, yes. like getting in trouble for everything. Yeah. Um, so that's why he created the list. So it's fair enough. Um, but yeah, I just walked away and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to earn it. 
So for the next two months, I just contacted all of his venues and I set up styled shoots. Um, they run like little pop-up events. I would just go, yeah. I would take photos and I just sent them all the photos. Um, and yeah, I just kept going. And I think I did like six, seven free jobs for them. And then yeah. it was like three days after my birthday, they emailed me and said, we want to put you on the list. Oh, that's so good. It's good to see that like the hard work actually paid off. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So very rewarding. I've heard that like, yeah, from just listening to other podcasts, not even wedding stuff, but just about Byron Bay, like the I guess the locals that have been there for years, they hate kind of like the change and all the, the new oh, people yeah. coming mm-hmm. in and all that sort of stuff. But do do they also have that specific list, like being that one guy that owns all the venues, do they have like a specific style that they try to emulate for their venues when it comes to marketing and all the rest of it? Like everyone that works there, all their venues have a similar style, mm. similar look. Like it's, I guess it's just one really big brand. Is that kind of why he tries to do it as well? A little bit, yeah. Like when I have sent them photos before, I'm one that will, even with clients, I always ask for feedback. Yeah. Um, so there was a couple of times I'm like quite a, um, you've seen my work, it's very like earthy, very warm yeah. um, and that's my look. So that's how I edited the photos and she, uh, one of the ladies came back to me and said, oh, it's a little bit too warm for that venue in particular. Oh, right. um, so, yeah, there's definitely, I wouldn't say it's strict though. I think I, if I was doing someone's wedding, they would be open to me sort of yeah. editing how I edit because that was they would be my next question. You have to change your um, styling to suit the venue if, if that's yeah. the way that they operate. Yeah. So I guess if you're working, because I was working for the venue, I was giving the venue photos for them yeah. on their page. It was a little bit different. But yeah. I think that's why they have, I, I there would only be 13, I think, photographers on this list. Wow. So it's very small. And when I've looked at the other photographers on there, we're all very different. So, and I think that's why they do that is so a client can look at all of us and go, oh, I want someone editorial or I want someone warm or I want someone yeah. moody. And yeah. obviously you've got the personality to go with that too. So when it comes to the weddings, I think they're open to the different styles. But when I was working for the venues, they do, of course, have a certain look that they like you to stick to. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, before... Before I oh, know, sorry, no, we already asked that question. I asked that question, so we'll, we'll keep elaborating on the um on the wedding side of things. So you've gone from working, living in Melbourne, moving to Queensland, mm-hmm. to getting into the exclusive club. <laughs> Out outside of that, explain how you've kind of decided on and then built the type of I guess structured wedding business that you have, because a lot of people that come into um, and get started in, in the wedding industry, they'll be like, oh, I don't really know, say, photo or video. Um, mm. I don't know what style I want to shoot or where to start or who to reach out to. Um, mm. And obviously this has happened for you in such a whirlwind over two years. Um, how would you say that you've come to decide on the style that you shoot and then from there actually act on getting venues and clients and, and couples that, I guess, fit your style? Mm. Yeah, I think I'm quite lucky in the sense that I think because I put a lot of myself on my socials, I tend to attract my ideal client. Like I very much want the couples that are very easygoing, they're chill, like they just want to have a fun day. Um, So I guess in terms of my style, it was never really about the look for me. And that probably sounds a bit weird considering photos. 
yeah. the look for me was that my couples looked like they were having fun. That was all I cared about. Like the amount of photos that I would see and they just look posed and awkward and uncomfortable. I was like, I would never want to do that to my couples. And then also talking to people that have had their weddings before and a lot of the complaints would be, oh, we missed out on cocktail hour because we were off taking photos for an hour. So there was just all these little things that like I took into consideration while building my brand. And I just thought there's no like one size fits all. Like why is everyone following this like strict structure when it comes to weddings? So like to the point where I will literally say to my couple, if cocktail hour is important to you, we're not leaving. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I will just follow you around cocktail hour and I'll take photos of you with your loved ones because that's what's important. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in terms of my style, it was definitely based around how my couples feel and not, I think, like, it can sometimes come across a bit, like, selfish in a way if you're trying to get this certain look for yeah. your photos. But, yeah, it's, for me it's not about the look. It's my couples walking away from their day and saying to me, you made the day. Like, you made us feel comfortable you were fun, like you got involved with like our friends and family, like that was always more important to me than giving them, of course, it's amazing when you give them their photos and they're happy, but they're happy because they remember how good I made them feel when we were taking the photos. Yeah, 100%, because I feel like there's still a big maybe stigma in the industry that like majority of your your good photos, your hero photos, and even as the photographer, like your Instagram and portfolio photos, just purely come from that. Uh, so that portrait session yeah. time that you that you take the couple away. Mm. Um, like I know personally, even the last few months, because um, we've recently made the switch to basically shooting just video, mm. um, as opposed to all, like all the couples that we have currently booked in taking mm-hmm. going forward video bookings. But I was like, most of the other videographers and stuff that we see, they're all like slow-mo montages of just the couple together and obviously like that is a part of it because of course, you know, the day yeah. is about them but yeah. then I see these other people um, these others in the industry and some of them are from America some are from here that you might you might watch a, a one minute Instagram trailer or a reel or something like that and 99% of all the footage in it is of the couple but engaging with guests or you know someone's got little kids running around or someone's mm-hmm. taking photos at the photo booth or they're they're having a laugh at the front of a, of a bar card or something like there's so much more to the day than just i guess that portrait session like that's not just where mm-hmm. your photo come from mm-hmm. um and i think being able to one tell your couples that but two have them trust you on that that they're still going to get exactly everything they want okay. um and it's going to be more curated to guess what they're after as well. It's a huge thing because there'll be times when we've suggested to couples, hey, why don't we do this? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Like maybe that's us not selling it well enough or they're just unsure because their person that's got married or their family said, no, no, you have, like, you have to do this. Mm. Um, so I think getting that point across is, is huge because mm. you want the couple to feel as uh, as like confident in themselves being in front of the camera yep. and as comfortable, uh, but then you didn't want them to have fun. I think just being able to do that is huge. Yep, 100%. And it's just, yeah, like I said, and like you mentioned as well, I think they get this idea in their minds based on previous weddings. This is how we have to do it. Yeah. Like, no, you don't. It's your day. You do it however you want to do it. If you're going to wake up tomorrow and be and hear all these stories from cocktail hour that you missed out on because you're off taking photos, 
uh, like personally, that's where I'd rather be. Yeah. No, that's fair. I've got my whole life to get photos with you. So I'd rather be partying with my friends. <laughs> Do you find that the um from the, the weddings you shot in Melbourne to up there that couples like the days are structured differently? Because obviously tired, like it's a lot brighter there. Um, you get a lot more sun. Um, do they have ceremonies and stuff earlier on in the day because they're heating or not? Like, do you find that there's a bit of a difference and that can kind of help you then curate the timeline better for couples? Yeah, it does a little bit. Of course, like the timings are different. Like our sunset here can sort of be around 4.30, 5 o'clock is like the yeah. best time for the lighting. Um, but in terms of structure, it's it's still similar. I think just because I have changed my approach to the structure, that's why it feels different for me. Yeah. Um, and to the point where I did a workshop recently. Um, I don't know if you know this photographer, India Earl. No. No. So she's over in the US, but she has gone to the extent of now offering her couples uh to shoot their portraits like the next day or oh, do okay. it before or whatever. Or, or maybe it'll be a destination wedding. Yeah. and they're all That's away fair. for the whole weekend and so she offers them also well, if you're doing something with everyone the night before the wedding do you want me to come and capture that as well like yeah you've yeah. got a whole story and you've got all these photos and all these memories that there's not so much pressure to get all these portraits done on one day yeah like you've got three days to work with so I just I'm always like molding my business I'm always learning I'm always like soaking in all this new information from what other people do not even just photographers like other businesses too um and yeah just molding it so they walk away from their day not feeling like majority of it was taken up with photos yeah I think that's that's my say I think it's a very like an American approach to well like over there I feel like maybe their weddings are taken even taken more seriously maybe they're a little bit more like dramatized so you mm. see like a lot of people um like there's a, a photographer in the states who um i've become mates with just over instagram um yeah. his name's Mark and his okay. photos are incredible mm. um but like he'll get people paying mega bucks for just like a couple shoot like not even a, an engagement shoot or anything like that and it mm. they're just the way that i guess they operate over there you know they'll have people yet yeah, we're going to go to Pacific Northwest for, for the weekend. We're going to get uh, an elopement. Instead of just rocking up and shooting the elopement, the photographer will go and shoot the night before. And, um, you know, if they're organising the day, like they're there, like literally the whole time. So yeah. it's um it's good that you can kind of bring that side of it or at least work to incorporate that in. Because I think, I think the way that it's going with the industry, like everything's going to become a lot more involved. Everything's mm-hmm. going to become less about like eight hours of the day. And everything else that is surrounding because it's so much more than the day like it's like um it's like how they say you get famous overnight it's like yeah. you get married on the day but there's like three six ten twelve years of everything that leads up to it so why not incorporate that in um mm-hmm. into it and get to know your couples as best you can on the day like i remember um jai long saying that uh when he got into photography that he instead of reading a a book or listen to a podcast or watch a videos on how to get better at photography. Mm. He read the book on like how to understand people. Yeah. Because photography and and video and wedding and stuff is the business of people essentially. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think it's good that you've taken that approach to all of that. And then leading into uh the how you came back up in my feed before we started chatting again was 
Guy Long himself. You were on, um, sat down for an interview with him, which was pretty cool. We were lucky enough to get 40 minutes with him when we signed up for the business note, which was awesome. But to get the time that you've uh, had with him and obviously still going over branding, like how has his influence really made a difference in, in you becoming the photographer or, or business owner that you are now? Yeah, Jai's amazing. Like I, I'm so glad that I went into that course like not only for him and the amazing education that he has, but the community. Like I've literally already got a handful of photographer friends up here just through that group. Um, So, yeah, that sort of came about. I actually emailed Jai when I got here because I knew he lived in Byron, which is like 45 minutes from me. Um, And I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Like fair enough though. I had a lot to do when I got here. I knew who I was so I was yeah. pretty much starting from scratch and I guess because I'm one to just podcasts Instagram TikTok like I'm always like over consuming myself to learn how yeah. to run a business and a lot of it was all about social media and content and everything and I was like but I feel like if I'm sitting there for an hour making a reel I should be out there finding clients like mm. and I was just so overwhelmed by the whole thing so I actually sent him an email and I explained that And I said, look, like I'm happy to sort of pay for your time or whether, you know, I drop out of the business map and I use that money that I'm investing to do some one-on-one sessions with you instead. You let me know what works for you. I just really like would appreciate your advice. Um, And he came back to me and said, stay in the business map, come down next Monday and don't worry about charging me. Let's just have a chat. And I was like, <laughs> that just goes to show what sort of person he is. Like, think of how crazy his schedule is. And he oh, just walked yeah. out like an afternoon to chat to me because I was just a bit frazzled in the industry. And he gave me some of the best advice ever. And I said to him, like, I'm I'm comfortable in front of a camera or if you want to record, because I know that I'm not the only person that feels like this. Yeah. And I feel like anything that we discuss, that's going to help someone else. So I would love it if you want to put it out there because, yeah, the topic of conversation in our industry is all about social media. Um, So, yeah, I got a lot from that and it sort of stopped me from being so overwhelmed. Like, don't get me wrong, I still have my moments where I need a detox from social media, but he just changed my mindset. Like, he just said to me, you've got an opportunity to advertise yourself for free. Like, think of... Back in the day, you were paying for like ads on television and newspapers and stuff like that. He's like, your business is still young and you're still young and you're obviously comfortable being behind the camera and talking to camera and all that sort of stuff. He's like, it would just be a massive loss if you don't use that. He's like, I know it's overwhelming, but just like slowly build up to a stage where you can do it consistently. So that's what I've done. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like he... He just has so much knowledge in terms of, I get the wedding industry itself, which is business in mm. general. Um, so if anybody out there is listening, even if because the business map itself, like there's so much value in it, but yes, it is also pricey as well. Like his podcast, mm. um, you can get heaps of heaps of um, so much. The podcast is yeah. Is there anything else? Anything? Any other advice that he gave you while you were there? Because I, to be perfectly honest, like I kind of see the, myself in a situation now where you were saying you went and spoke to him, like mm. where. It's almost like where do you where do you put your time? Like there's so many things. If you're making a reel, you're like, oh, I should be going to get clients. Or if you're answering emails, you're like, oh, I haven't got any content out today, or I didn't put anything on my story. Like it just 
it just compounds and compounds until mm-hmm. you see your hair out. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there anything else, any other advice that you could share for somebody else in the same position that just, to, I don't know, just to try and help them, help them get back on track? Yeah, of course. Um, one of the other things I discussed with him because, and as you would know, he always talks about working for free. Yeah. Um, and that was something that I completely embraced, especially moving up here. Yeah. Um, I was sort of doing, when I first got here, I was, I joined all the Facebook groups and every Thursday you were sort of allowed to post and promote yourself. So what I would do is do a post to engage couples and I'd say, let's go do a free photo shoot. And yep. it was like their opportunity to have like a bit of a test drive with me. So yep. if you're comfortable, then you will consider me as your wedding photographer. But in saying that, you do, when you start getting a couple of bookings, it's sort of just by default, you start getting a little bit in that mindset of, I'm not doing anything else for free. Yeah. I've done my time and now yeah. it's time to start charging. And now if someone inquires, no, it's this much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's very hard, especially then when you listen to other podcasts or material on social media and it's like, no, value yourself and make sure you charge the right amount. So it's like this devil and the angel. Yeah. Yeah. Back and forth. On your, on your business shoulders, just being like, you know, work for free. No, you have to value yourself. So I spoke to him about that and he just sort of reassured me that like, he's like, I still work for free. He's like, look, we're sitting here right now. I'm giving you an hour or so of my time for free. Yeah. So it just made me go, okay, there's no stage that I'll ever be in my business where I can sit back and go, I don't do things for free anymore. It's opportunity. Like I literally, the one of those engaged couples that I had, they already booked their wedding photographer. It was done. Yeah. And so when she messaged me, um, I was like, oh, look, I really wanted to book, you know, couples that were looking for a wedding photographer. But I was like, girl, you need the content. Yes. <laughs> so I just I stuck I let's do it. Let's just go to a shoot. Anyway, so did their full shoot. They ended up emailing me that night saying, we're going to cancel our photographer. We want you. Wow. <laughs> so it's just like, it just goes to show that like you, I can't keep just saying no to things because everything is an opportunity. And let's be honest, if you're not shooting, that's when you're sitting in front of your phone and you're trying to do the content and you're being like, but how am I going to get clients? I need to be out there. Like we're photographers. We're doing this because we love taking photos. So I'm getting annoyed about social media because I'm not out there shooting. So if if I've got an opportunity to go out there and shoot, who cares if I'm not paid for it? I'm doing what I love. I think that's exactly right. Now that's that's a really good way. That's even sort of just made me stop and think like oh, I'd get in the exact same headspace where it's like I'm scrolling, I'm like, oh, um, you know, the, this edit this person's put together is insane or mm-hmm. this is something they're doing and it looks insane. And you almost build it up in your own head and then when you go to do it, you're like, oh, but what if it doesn't work or what if yeah. they say no? Or And it's like basically tell yourself, tell yourself to shut the fuck up and just go, Correct. just going to do it. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's insane. That's, it's a good way to put it. I think a lot of people just get, like I said, scared, scared to make the jump, scared to make the leap. But it's like, if you then sit back and regret it, then it's almost like you can't have those feelings of regret because you were the one that decided not to go and try in the first place. Of course. Yeah. And like I said, there's always an opportunity in something paid or not paid. Like, and now that I have that different mindset, I sort of, I look at things as 
like recently there was um, one of my friend's bosses, he works in real estate and he just wanted some headshots. So this guy is quite high up in real estate. And I just sort of thought, well, there's an opportunity here. So I just said to him, don't worry about paying me. Like it's headshots. That's easy. Because now when a big opportunity comes up for photos that he needs, he'll think of me. Exactly right. So it's more instead of thinking, oh, but I'm not getting paid, it's like, yeah, but what could this lead to? Yeah. Uh, how have you found to, with doing all these bits and pieces, starting to get bookings and, and whatnot roll in, starting mm. to get more recognised, do you find that you've kind of like found where you should put your time more in regards to, you know, you said you're posting on those Facebook pages or you're going out to network with venues and stuff. Have you found that after you've kind of tested everything out, there's one that works better for you than others? Um, I, I still do a bit of a mix, but I've just tried to change my mindset in terms of if I, the Facebook posts definitely still work is like in terms of me posting because yeah. it's going to the group. But what I used to do was like scroll through all the posts and look for someone looking for a photographer and like message them and one like email them my price guide and wait for them to reply. And it's like, you're aiming for one person. Yeah. So it's like, why am I wasting my time sliding into a DM of one client when I can do a post or I can do a reel or I can do a TikTok or whatever it is or go to a venue that is having multiple clients coming in every weekend? You know, I I was just a little bit like narrow-minded because that was what worked at the start for me. Yeah. So, and it's, you sort of form a habit too. Like once you get, um, it's like that validation psychology thing we did in primary school, like yeah, I got yeah. a few bookings. So that's what I kept doing. But then it's like, now I'm at a stage where I want to build it even more. It's like, I've got to stop going for like the low hanging fruit. So I'm always going to venues, planners, doing the Facebook posts and not targeting a single person just yeah. because I'm always just trying to reach a wider audience. So that's what works. All right. So when you reach out to, um, you're saying be more direct in terms of going to um, planners and other vendors, how do you approach, I guess, even, uh, messaging someone like that? Because like we said before, mm. uh, venues, they can be pretty picky on who they, they like to spend their time with. Yeah. Um, have you found approaching new vendors? Like, mm. do you just fly straight in and say, "Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. You want to link up? Let's do something." Or do you sort of already have like a pre-planned idea before you message them, so you're already on the front foot, and it's something you can get in motion straight away? Mm. Nothing I do, Riley, is pre-planned. <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, you can tell from my Byron Bay story that that was not pre-planned. No, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so. Well, one of the big things, I, and this is actually a lesson I learned from my dad when I was young, every job I've ever had, like I would scroll through Seek and I would send him my resume and he'd come in and be like, what are you doing? Do not waste your time. Imagine how many resumes that person is getting. They're not going to even look at it. He's like, get yeah. your ass down to the shop or, you know, the retail, the chemist, the cafe, whatever I was applying for at the time, introduce yourself. They won't even look at the other resumes. And I got every single job. So that's how I approach it. Instead of me, yes, I will still slide into DMs, of course, but if they're not replying, I take myself down there. 
So mm. I sort of just do that out of courtesy because I'm like, well, I don't want to just rock up because you guys might be busy and I want you yeah. to have the available time for me. Um, so that's why I will message to make that time. But if they don't get back to me, I'll walk down there, I'll have my camera and I will just introduce myself. And I'd also, I don't want it to feel like I'm there for me. Yeah. I always want that interaction to feel like I'm sort of here to just meet you and for us to become like friends in a way. And that's why I'll take my camera and I'll be like, Hey, is there anything that you're setting up for at the moment? Do you want some photos or is there a certain section of this venue that is new and you haven't got photos of it yet? I'll take some for you now and I'll send them to you this afternoon. Yeah. So it's like if you go in with the approach of giving, then the it's received a lot better than just walking in there yeah. and being like, hey, I'm a photographer. Can you send me some clients? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Like, like it doesn't work. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think like I think the way that the world works like COVID and everything and, and actually going out to places, people just find security and just like, oh, I've messaged it. But if they say no, it's like the fear of rejection isn't there. Yeah. And sometimes you just go like put your big boy or big woman <laughs> pants on and just go out and just be like, no, nah, just say no to my face. And I reckon nine times out of ten, the people will respect you more actually coming in and asking them 100%. what they want. Um, and so just going, hey, I'm a photographer, I'm a videographer, I'm a florist, some of this. I like your venue. Can I be on your list? Like, mm-hmm. no. yeah. why? Why Thanks. not? Um, yeah, it's just such a it's such an interesting thing. Like I'm sitting here and while you're speaking, I'm reeling things in my own head. I was like, oh, like I really gotta live my game. Like she's making me sound <laughs> so bad. But I also in awe as well, like there's so much, so much value in that, just saying, go and do it. Yep. Just do it. And if they say no, oh, like how many venues would there be in the Gold Coast? Like stacks, hundreds, hundreds. So Where many. Where are the next one? So many. And there's also then so many photographers that you're competing with and it's like if you just sit there and look at oh my competition's too big you will not win in this industry mm-hmm. like every single photographer is different I don't care what anyone says like even if you're copying someone else's work in terms of an editing style like you would shoot differently your personalities are different someone is going to hire you because you're you like you are the person I don't a lot of people especially couples do not realize your photographer spends the whole day with you, yeah. like more than your future husband or wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's not just about the photos, it's the person. So if you're introducing yourself to these venues and to these planners and whoever it is that you want to get in with, the person that they're going to get to work with, because it's not just the couple, like the venue have to deal with you on the day as well. Yeah. So if you go in there and you're like this glowing personality and like a breath of fresh air compared to all the other photographers they've been working with. They're like, hang on, that could be fun. (laughs) Give Give you the chance. Yeah, correct. And yeah, it's again, like you mentioned with what Jai said, it's, it's about working with people. It's not about look at how amazing my photos are. It's like, no, like look at what I'm like as a person and I'm here and I will, I'll send you the photos. A lot of photographers do not send venues photos from the couple's wedding. And I'm like, I'll send you all the photos. You can use them. I'll send them to all your vendors. If you ever want any content outside of that, you let me know. I'm up the road. Mm, It's, it's a, it's not an extreme, I guess, approach. It's just 
as much as you said it's not a pre-planned thing, it's it's methodical in its own way. Just mm. rock up, be you, and you know, then it's just left up to them whether they make the decision or not. But at least you've given yourself the opportunity to make it happen. Correct. And you find that you do with one, that you'll do with a few, and it'll just continue to snowball um, and it'll continue to evolve, which is awesome. Mm. Of course. And like like you said before, if there's if you get rejected, if anything, it sort of just like inspires you more. Yeah. Like when I had those planners say to me, you won't get into Byron, I was like, huh. Watch watch me. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what is now going up? So putting all this body of work together, what is your upcoming season looking like? So from uh, this month right up until March, I pretty much have one wedding a week. Um, and that's including uh, like a mixture of elopements and my and weddings and yep. also still a few I second shoot for some people. Yep. Um, again, I, I don't look at that as, oh, but I should be saving that Saturday for my own wedding. It's like, but think of the people you're going to meet at that venue on that day and then, you know, you could get hired for the next thing. So, yeah, there's a good mix of my own work and working for other people in there. Um, but from March onwards, there's there's not a lot. So uh, I've actually got one of my friends that lives here. She's from Texas. Yeah. And one of her her cousin over in Texas is actually a wedding planner. So my plan is to slide into a few DMs over, over in Texas. <laughs> and I'm going to try go over there for about three months next year. I, I just, I look at my calendar and I'm like, well, I've got nothing from March. Instead mm-hmm. of letting that stress me out, I think, well, there's my perfect opportunity to start getting some international weddings. That's crazy. So you, you're just going to adopt the same approach or you have to alter it slightly because you probably have to do some more DM sliding before you get there than you will, I guess, knocking up on doorsteps and hello, mm. can I come in? Um, the the friend that's over there, she got any she in the industry as well? She's not, no. Um, so I've just got her cousin. Um, so I've spoken to the cousin. She has got my price guide, and yeah. because she's a planner, she's a good connection to have because obviously uh, the couple come to her and she yeah. can say, "I've got this photographer, that photographer." Um, but again, that's one person. Like I don't just go, "Okay, my work's done. I'll just yeah. wait until she passes me some couples." So, again, I've joined all, like, the Santa Monica and Texas Facebook groups. Every Thursday I post in that. And I, it's a little bit harder and I'm willing to accept that it's going to be harder because they can obviously see that I'm from Australia. Yeah. Um, so there's no opportunity for me to meet them. But I just, I'm always reiterating, we can chat over Zoom. This is when I'm going to be there. And it's... It's a working progress. I'm sure there's still a few other ways that I can go about it. My next approach is the venues. So even though yeah. I'm not there, I'm still going to contact them, show them my work, explain when I'm there. And I also, I think just as like a bit of an incentive, I just say to people like it's free travel. Yeah. So even though my prices are set at a certain amount that will cover my travel, they yeah. don't need to know that. Yeah. So as long as I'm sort of saying to them, like, I'm not going to charge you extra for travel, it's just going to be my cost, it's a little bit like to them that's a good deal. So that's just going, once I sort of get to the stage where I'm talking to couples over there, that will be my approach. Yeah. I guess that's a good way of going about it because that was something else that um, 
I wanted to, to touch on, like with the destination weddings side of things, is there mm. also something that you plan on doing in uh, Australia as well? Do you plan on going different states and trying to take in that coastal vibe that you have and obviously Australia being an island that's coast everywhere mm. and beautiful yeah. locations everywhere. So do you plan on taking that outside of the Gold Coast as well? You sort of establish yourself and then work from there? Definitely. Definitely. So I guess like for us it's it's hard because like you've, you've got a year to work with, which seems like a long time, but really when you narrow down the wedding seasons, you, you kind of have to pick in advance where you're going to be. Yeah. So I am... I have picked up like one in um, interstate wedding. So that was in Sydney. So I had to drive yeah. down there, book myself accommodation, drove back up. Um, but that was sort of, I think I'm still in the stage where people don't recognize me as a destination photographer yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to sort of pick my places, whether that's over in WA, South Australia, and again, just offer couples free travel. And then yeah. once I have a few, then I can feel comfortable starting to charge for travel. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, again, that's just I sort of I'm a bit narrow-minded. Like so at the moment my focus is Texas. Yeah. So that's and I feel like if you're trying to network with all these different places, it just gets a little bit like, whoa, where am I going to be? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, Especially going overseas, you want to like I guess pick a, pick a spot yeah. And then stick to it. And then if something happens while you're over there, because you're there for three months, so there obviously yeah. be some opportunity to travel, then you can go, oh, okay, now I'm in the area. Mm. Is anyone in, you know, within X amount of plane ride, do you want something for free? Because they, they love it over there. Correct. They absolutely love it. So I think once you're there, you, you'll start killing it. Yeah. And that's like, that's the thing. You sort of have to, of course, it's scary. And like Jai did this. Jai yeah. sold everything and just went over to America and shot all these weddings and some of them ended up in magazines. Mm-hmm. And so he went over there, took a massive risk, and it worked. So, yeah. you know, at worst-case scenario, I go over there like I have done with many a travelling trips and come home with no money. Yeah. But, you know, at least I can walk away saying I've tried. Like I'll never, ever, like, sit here and say I should have done this, I should have done that. Everything that I want to do, I'll, I will attack at least once. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good way of putting it. Um, there's something else I wanted to touch on that kind of, I guess, brings back to all of this. So you're networking with venues, you're going overseas, you're always meeting new people, and then when you – the main thing, I guess, that you organise out of these is the styled shoots with um, all these groups of people. So how have you found – setting up styled shoots in a completely new state with people that you don't know mm. and then two what's your normal approach when you go to a styled shoot so are you trying to make it look like a real wedding are you just trying to like i think you did one recently where it was just a bride um mm-hmm. and then piece of florals um like at sunset like are you do you always have a specific thing in mind or are you happy to just go to these venues and like hey i want to do a styled shoot what do you what do you want what do you recommend type deal yeah so with all the style shoots I've done, again, I try not to make it about me. I try not to be like, this is my look I'm going for, especially yeah. because a lot of the times with style shoots, you're asking those vendors to be involved for free. Yeah. Um, so especially for a florist, like they have to pay to bring their product. Like I just have to give my time. Yeah. So a lot of it is me reaching out to certain people that I want to work with and I just say to them, one, do you even want to be involved? Like they may be busy enough that they don't need it because I feel mm-hmm. like styled shoots, 
is something that is for like the vendors that are sort of wanting maybe a different client or maybe yes. they're not busy and they or they want to target a certain area they haven't worked in yet. So the like the want has to be there from everyone and I can gauge that. And if it's sort of a little bit like one foot in, one foot out, I'm like, you're not my person. Yeah. Right? So I have to be a bit picky about who I work with. Um, but in terms of the look, I will always like, like I said, I will ask everyone's opinion as to what their vibe is, but then I will try to give them a look that they haven't had before. Yeah. So the one I did in Byron, like I, with that, that Barbie movie came out. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so when I went to go pick the dress, I walked into the bridal shop and there's, of course, all these beautiful white dresses. And then like at the back corner, I could just see like this pink dress. I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> we are using that. <laughs> so I just, I'm always someone that's like, you know, you scroll through a feed and you just see black and white with weddings. You know, yes. you get a white dress, you get the black suit and everyone's just going to keep scrolling. It's like, what is someone going to go, oh, hang on, what was that? Yeah. What is going to grab someone's attention? Like, is it going to be the colour palette in the flowers? Is it going to be the dress? Is it going to be that I've used a same-sex couple. Like I will always try and add a different element to my styled shoots, but a lot of that also has to come from, like it's a team effort. It's not just me. Yeah. So everyone has to be involved. So like the first thing is making sure you've got the right people involved and then adding your point of difference. Yeah, it's interesting. Like it's it's all stuff that I guess most people would see, like people have heard about let's do a styled shoot or reaching out to vendors, but it's interesting just to actually hear from someone of how they put it all into practice and then how it can can work and that it's not always just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it and it's just going to work. Like sometimes it doesn't. Like I'm assuming there's been probably times along the line where you've reached out and, and probably got donuts from people. Yep. And then it just goes, you just got to pursue and persist and persist and, and you know, just be there all the time. Like a, mm-hmm. like a, a rock in their shoe. And so they, they yep. physically, they, you know, they can't not notice that you're there. Mm-hmm. And then, and then really take your opportunity when the time comes. Yeah. And then, again, like that's how you build relationships. Like all of those vendors now have the opportunity to see what you're like to work with as a photographer. Mm-hmm. So it's not always the planner or the venue that is the one that's first in contact with a couple. Yeah. Like that couple could be friends with a florist or they could be friends with a stylist or the girl that works in the bridal shop and they're like, oh, do you know a photographer? Like your referrals could come from anywhere. So I think it, you can't have like a narrow mindset when it comes to word of mouth referrals. So yeah. that's why I love style shoots and I feel like no matter how busy I get, I will continue to do them because it gives also me an opportunity to work with different people and create something that I just never thought was even possible. Yeah, it's 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 insane. It's insane. And you've done really well. Like from what I've been following along in recent times, plus from where you've come from, from when we you reached out to us, you know, probably 12 months ago to me reaching back out to you now. Like um, yeah. it just goes to show that if you just put your head down and work towards it, that you can be what you want to be or achieve what you want to achieve. It might not happen um, now, but, you know, I saw something a while ago. It was like, whatever you do, do it for your future self. Don't do it for now. Mm-hmm. Now yourself now will be like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't want to go to the gym, kind of stuff. Yeah. But then future you will be like, or 
you know, thanks for going. We've now been three times in a row. Now I'm feeling good. Now I'm a little bit fitter and I'm a little bit healthier. Or oh, I didn't want to reach out to those clients today. But then when one of them gets back to you in two weeks' time, you're like, thanks for reaching out to those clients. So it's just one of those things where it's just continue to tick it over, whatever, do something that you think is going to move the needle forward. Even if you're not in like um, in the mood on that day, just do something. Something that's just going to at least put you forward um, one step that's better than I guess going backwards one step. 100%. Always. And yeah, it's even like recently, like I, I tried to narrow myself to weddings. And again, like, of course, I will still predominantly be a wedding photographer, but don't stay close off to that. You never know what sort of avenue you'll go down. Like I've now had someone reach out for um, real estate photos for like an Airbnb. Yeah. And I've got that time available. Like all I do all week is edit. So it's like, well, yeah hang on, this could go really well and I could end up with a whole other client base. Like there's opportunity in every single person that you meet. 100%. So to summarise uh, everything that we've gone over because I think we've pretty well covered all of, all the bases in your journey quite well. If someone was in your position 12 months ago where they, they want to get into this, but they don't know how, they've got no idea where to start, they just bought a camera and they're still shooting in auto mode. What would you <laughs> what would you sit down and say to them now? Or what would you sit down and say to, to Taylor 12, 12 months ago? What would mm. be your, your top three things advice that you'd give them? Yeah. Well, first the first thing would be stop listening to everyone else's advice. Like it and it took me, especially because I'm one, I'm a bit of a people pleaser. So and when you've got like my grandparents are still around. So, you know, I'll tell them oh, I'm starting my own photography business and I'm going to stop working at the job I had. And they're like, are you sure? Like, what if you don't get enough clients? And what if this happens? What if that happens? And especially it was COVID as yeah. well. So there's all this fear mindset being thrown at you. And it's like, until you block those people out and you just go, but hang on, is this what I want to do? Yes. Am I passionate about this? Can I see that like I could do well at this? It's just like that's all that matters. Like my biggest thing was just blocking everyone else out and just doing what I wanted to do and doing it my way as well. Like, again, you can get so overwhelmed with all these podcasts and everything on social media with six ways to build your client base. It's like, but that doesn't work for me. I I don't want to do it that way. So I've everything I've done in building my business, I've done it my way and I've done it with my own advice only. Like, of course, I take in bits and pieces from other people, but I'll always mould that to make it work for me. And I think that's also the way that you keep your business authentic to yourself. Otherwise, you end up just copying what everyone else is doing and then you get lost in the crowd of every other photographer and you're not different. Yeah. Right, yeah. What would your second and third thing be? Second and third thing, well, education for sure. I was definitely shooting in auto for way too long. (laughs) (laughs) I literally, and another thing too, like I'm not one to just go on YouTube and just like learn stuff off there. Like I want that one-on-one experience. So I actually found this girl in Melbourne. She was amazing. Um, Her page is called Call Me Harry. So she does like a lot of travel stuff, but she also does weddings. So I was like, well, If I'm going to learn off anyone, and that's another thing, if you're going to learn off anyone, make sure it's someone that's in the position that you want to be in. Yeah. Like 
why would I go learn off a wedding photographer that just that just does small elopements when I want to do big weddings? Yes. So I I targeted her and I said, I need you to teach me everything you know, and she did. And to this day, she'll still message me and be like, I cannot believe like <laughs> how far you've come from auto mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's crazy, and I think. I think just a, a, a sum note for me when you said um, just on your last one, we you said like, don't don't listen to people's advice. It's don't people that are going to hinder you because yeah. obviously you need to take people's in, advice and everything else. Don't, yeah. don't listen to those people that are going to take put you a step backwards or don't believe in you. Maybe take what they have on it because of consideration, but don't don't sit and stew on it. Yeah. But then yeah, find the people that you want to be. And then try to emulate that. Like I actually saw a thing the other day. Um, this guy I follow, um, his name's Tom Nosk. And mm-hmm. he said, he's like, don't take, because uh, he's a content creator. He's like, don't take content creator's advice from someone that doesn't A, do what you do. Or B, is like this giant influencer, something that just has all of their stuff, you know, it's just paid brands, just send stuff out to them. And they're just made just to, just to make something on it and move on. Like pick, mm-hmm. pick who you want to be. And then just go after that person. And then when you start to get there, then put your spin on it and make it your own. 100%. Yeah, people just absorb everything and just go, well, of course you're overwhelmed because you're taking in all this information. It's not even relevant to you. Yeah. And that's where I got overwhelmed with social media because I'm following all these educators. And I was like, I'm not an educator. Like why, how am I supposed to produce content when I've got nothing to educate people on? It's like, well, hang on. You're taking advice and soaking all that in from the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, it just goes to show that you can learn so much in such a short period of time if you really, really dedicate yourself to it. So um, the the distance that you've come since, like I said, 12 months ago to now, and obviously I'm not the only person that's noticed it. Other people have obviously noticed it, like you just mentioned. Um, it's really, really awesome to see and it's exciting to see what's going to come once you come back from once your next season goes through and you do your weddings in the exclusive club and then you go <laughs> over to go over to the states and, and and put your mark over there. So um uh, today's been has been awesome. We really appreciate you jumping on. I know for a fact that people will get something out of this because I know I have. Um mm. and I've been in the, the game, not that it actually matters, but I've been around it a lot longer. And to have someone come in that's been in it less and just blow my mind is is awesome. So hopefully somebody um can take the advice that you've given and implement it um and make their their wants come true so if anybody wants to get in touch with you or they want to shoot your dm where where do they find you yeah so i've got i've got two photography pages but my weddings one is taylor jane weddings so taylor and jane of course spelt different than the normal spelling Because T A Y L A H and then J A Y N E and weddings. So I do have another one that's Taylor Jane photo. So now, like I said, I'm trying not to pigeonhole myself. I now do yeah. like a lot of lifestyle stuff and maternity stuff, just branding, whatever. Um, yeah, that's where, and that's where I generally will respond to most people. And I also like, please, if you have any questions, like send them to me. I'm not. I think because I've been in that position where I'm the one sending people all these messages and just being like, I just want to ask you a question and I need your advice. Like I will always think, put myself back in those shoes and just be like, if someone was to reach out to me, I will 10 times out of 10 reply to you, of course. That's awesome. Well, 
Thanks so much for jumping on and joining us on the show today. Anyone, if you've got any questions, uh, please get in touch with Taylor. She's a German. She knows exactly what she's talking about. Like I said, she's taught me a few things today, which is awesome. Um, and, yeah, I'll hopefully maybe we'll get you back on after you go to America and we can discuss everything that's happened with that. 100%. I wear my cowboy boots and my hats. That's it. Awesome. Well, um, thanks so much again for listening, guys, and we'll catch you in the next episode.